Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to New Creation Realities. And we're going to continue with our lessons in Christ. This is, I believe it's lesson number eight. And one of the things <clears throat> that I wanted to do for this lesson was to look at Ephesians chapter two again. We looked at Ephesians chapter two uh, our, in our previous class, and I would like to look at it just once again and look at a few words, word definitions, <clears throat> in this passage here. So before we do that, I do want to read, I guess you could say this is our, our main text uh, of, the whole, of this whole series, because I, I really believe that it just, it uses the term that we're looking at in, Strong's number 1722, uh, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, four times. And it's, it's declaring, it's, uh, it's showing uh, a spiritual reality, right? So let me go ahead and read that verse first. It's John chapter 14, verse 20. In that day, you will know, I am in my Father, and you in me and I in you. So in, that's our word, our term, that day you will know. I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And so <clears throat> right here there's a reality of Christ in the Father, the believer in Christ, us in Christ, and Christ in us. And not only that, but there's also this knowledge of reality. In that day you will know this reality. In that day you will know the following. In that day you will know the truth. Okay? And so, uh, that's our principal verse in John 14, 20. And I'd also like to read uh, Strong's Greek Dictionary for the term in, and we looked at this in our previous classes. I just wanted uh, to look at it once again, just the the highlights of the three different uh, <clears throat> definitions. The first one, of course, uh, Strong's number 1722 in. It's a primary preposition, primary preposition denoting fixed position, and I'll insert my word condition, in place, time, or state. And then it... Uh, it goes on to say, and by implication, instrumentality, medially or constructively, that is a relation of rest intermediate between Strong's number 1519 and Strong's number 1537. And those two uh, Strong's numbers, Greek definitions are this, a primary preposition to or into, indicating the point reached or entered. And then the other one, uh, that one was ace or ice. Uh, this one is Strong's number 1537, ek or x. It's a primary preposition denoting origin, the point whence action or motion proceeds from whence. And <clears throat> uh, just real quick with, with that first one, ace or ice, Strong's number 1519, a primary preposition to or into, indicating the point reached or entered. This is 
having already been reached, having already been entered. And at the moment of new birth, this, the believer, has already entered into this reality. Okay? And it's because this reality, who Christ himself is, has appeared in the soul of the believer already. Nothing more to do. This has already happened. What is needed, what is necessary, is to know what is, to know the truth. Okay, God doesn't have to do anything else. God hath done, hath completed all in the person of Christ Jesus. Jesus said, it is finished. It is consummated. Okay, this he said upon the cross. And at the moment of new birth, by the work of the Holy Spirit, we receive the consummation of all things. We receive the finish of all things. We receive Christ himself. Okay, so there's no more to be added, no more to be done by God. God is fully and completely satisfied in his son. He is completely at rest. Now, for the believer, for the one who is born again, to discover this very one whom we have received. Okay, so to or into, indicating the point reached or entered, past tense. That other term, which was Strong's number 1537, ek or ex, a primary preposition denoting origin, the point whence action from whence, well, I added from, but the point whence action or motion proceeds. And, excuse me, uh, the one who's born in the flesh, not born again, his source, his origin is Adam the corruptible seed, the corruptible nature. And so everything that is done or not done, thought or not thought, comes from that source. Whether it be, listen, whether it be good or evil, because that was from which tree Adam and Eve partook of, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But it wasn't life. So man, all mankind, all who are born in the flesh, their source is Adam, the corruptible nature, the corruptible seed. Okay? Now, that is very true, but so much greater, we who are born again, our source is no longer Adam. Remember, uh, John the Baptist said this, uh, the axe is now laid to the root not to the tree, but to the root, the root, the source. Speaking of Christ himself, who had come to bring an end to one creation, to one man, which was found in such a state and in such a condition. In essence, to bring to an end the state and the condition of a particular man, the man Adam. All right, so John the Baptist says, the axe is now laid to the root and a new tree, a new tree appears. 
Christ himself, the tree of life. <clears throat> okay, And we know, of course, that Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection, he made a way, he brought that condition of death to death, and he became the way, made a way, he himself became the way, the door unto life that the soul had, ne- had not had after man partook of death, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right. So, a primary preposition denoting origin, the point whence action or motion proceeds. And uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I did want to mention with this, this is, this is true, brothers and sisters, this is true. This is true for everyone who is born again. Our source is now Christ. We are not having to come in any way so that our source may be Christ. No, our source is Christ himself. And one of the things is that, well, I won't even go there. <laughs> Let's just go on, all right? <clears throat> so, our source is Christ. And in Spanish, I would say, punto final, period, the end. All right, going on. So, if our source, sorry, <laughs> if our source were not Christ, brothers and sisters, we would have no life. If our source were not Christ, brothers and sisters, we would have no salvation. If our sur- source were not Christ Himself, we would have no forgiveness of sins. The Apostle Paul says, "In Him is forgiveness of sins." But how can the soul be found in him except Christ himself be found in the soul? He must first appear in the soul for the soul to then be clothed upon with such a condition, with such a state in Christ. All right, going on. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's just start with verse 1. And you... He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2, in which, in which, which is and Strong's number 1722, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom, among or in whom, and there's our number, Strong's 1722, our word, N, among whom, also, you all once conducted ourselves, or excuse me, we all once conducted ourselves in, there's our word again, Strong's number 1722, in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children, techna, of wrath, just as the others, but God. And I love that. <clears throat> and you can, you can do this, uh, I shared it with the Berea students. You can do this. You can, you can uh, take that term and that term "but" and just kind of like underline it or circle it. And anytime you're reading the scriptures, you have to you have to note this that there is a contrast being made with that with that word. One condition, one state. Now, but. Now, an altogether different condition, different state. Before versus now. Before it was I, 
but now is Christ. And so you can see that too. Uh, I'm doing a class with the, the, the great mercy of God, the journey of Abram, Abraham. And I'm at, the, at Genesis chapter 17 where the Lord changes Abram, Abram's name to Abraham. Your, your name shall no longer be called Abram, but Abraham. Not I, but Christ. Not my ability, but El Shaddai, the ability of another. The all-able, all-capable, all-powerful, almighty God. Okay? <clears throat> so, that's just, uh, let's go, I'll just go ahead and read that. Excuse me, verse 4. I'll, but God, circle it, underline it, and just be aware of it when you're reading the scriptures. Always showing a contrast between what was, for us who are born again, what was and what, or more specifically, who now is. All right. But God, who is rich in, there's our word, Strong's number 17, 22, in mercy, because of his great love where, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, excuse me, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in, there's our word, in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in, there's our term again, in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ. Our term again, Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in, there's our term again, in them. All right. <clears throat> Just looking at some of these terms here, I wanted to look at the term once. Uh, it's in strong. It's, it's it's verse two. It's Strong's number forty-two, eighteen. Uh, and let me read verse one and going into verse two. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse two. In which there's our term in, in which you once walked. There's our term once. Now this is the online Bible uh, Greek lexicon for the term once. Strong's number fourteen, eighteen. It is uh, it's a particle uh, from the base from the base of Strong's number forty two twenty five and fifty thirty seven. It's translated in the King James as in times past five times. I like that in times past, and it goes on at any time three times in in times plural past three times in time past translated five times in times past, translated three times. And <clears throat> in times past, brothers and sisters, is what was, not what is. In times past was a condition, a state in which our souls were, past tense, found, but are no longer, see that word, but, but are no longer found in that state and in that condition. Okay? The Here's the definition, number one. Once, that is formerly, aforetime, at some time. But I like the way the translators uh, translated that. 
that word. It's uh, pote, pote, something like that in the Greek, pote. In times past, in times past, I think it was Joshua who said, uh, your fathers worshipped idols beyond the river. And I think it was uh, possibly in reference to the river Euphrates. But nonetheless, he was speaking mainly of Abraham and Terah, his father, who the Jews considered, considered and probably still considered to be an idol worshiper, an idol worshiper and an idol maker. He made idols. And just think about this. <clears throat> with, with a maker of idols, he, he did this. He made idols. He crafted his concept of God, he crafted his concept of God, of his relationship with God, and then he sold it to others, and others bought into his concept. An idol maker, an idol worshiper. And that's what we were, brothers and sisters. I mean, before we were born again, we had our concept that we sold into. Someone else had their concept and we bought into. Okay? Now, God did not present to our soul a concept. He presented to our soul His Son. Now, man, religious man, brothers and sisters, will present a concept. God does not present a concept. Remember what Jesus said in John 14, verse 20. In that day, you will know. In that day, you will know. Not a concept, a person. And <clears throat> everything, I believe, everything is automatic when the heart is turned to Christ and beholding the living one. Beholding all things declared in the testimony and the face of Jesus Christ. I believe everything is automatic out from that. <clears throat> Knowledge, I think, I think it was our last class. We might have looked at this. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But knowledge is automatic out of seeing. If you see, you know. If you haven't seen, you haven't known. And you're still, we're still with it, with our concept, all right? And I love this, I love this. Our, our idols, our concept, our, our thought regarding God, uh, our thought regarding our relationship with God, but listen to this. Once, I love this. When, when the Lord's speaking, I'm not sure if it was to Moses or to Joshua, and poss possibly to both, he's saying, you know, when you come into the land, because Joshua and the children of Israel, Joshua the head and the body, come and enter and take possession of the land, their inheritance, the son receiving his inheritance, the Lord says this, <clears throat> you're going to destroy all their idols, all their high places, all their places of worship. Basically, exactly what the Apostle Paul said, casting down uh, exalted thoughts, bringing into captivity unto the obedience of Christ, everything and anything that would exalt itself against or above the knowledge of Christ Himself. This is what the Spirit of God does. He, he does it this way. He presents 
the truth. And automatically, the lie is no more. He brings and directs the heart unto the true light of the world, the light of the countenance. How is it? Let me look. <clears throat> Let me look at that verse real quick. It is Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, presents the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, Christ Himself, in the face of Jesus Christ, and our darkness is no more. Automatic. Automatic. I was, I was talking to... Uh, who was I talking to? I can't remember. <laughs> Might have been Tony, uh, the pastor from Houston. Uh, I was talking to somebody this past week, and uh, there is a cost. There is a cost. And I'll just present it in the form of a question. What does it cost one who is not born again to receive life? To be born again, to receive salvation. What does it cost? It costs them, listen, their death, their concept of life, their death, their death. Because when life appears in the soul, death is no longer present. Now, for us who are born again, what does it cost us this knowledge of the truth? What does the truth cost us? Remember Jesus said, um, if you continue in my word, in my testimony, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. What does the truth cost us? It costs us our ignorance. There's a cost. But in light, in light, brothers and sisters, in light of reality, the cost is nothing. The Apostle Paul would say it this way, For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung compared to the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. So, <clears throat> you're on there. Times past. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once, in times past, walked. <clears throat> according to, that's another term I'd like to look, for us to look at. According to, in times past, no longer, what, in times past, but now, no longer, what was, but now, not, no longer is, is, is not, in times past, you walked according to, and I'm looking at the online Bible Greek lexicon again for this phrase, according to its strong number 2596, a primary particle, preposition, uh, definition number two is, is basically the one that pertains to this verse. According to, toward, along. 
basically what we already looked at. It was a little different in the Spanish, um, in the Spanish definite, the Spanish translation. So that's why I needed to look at, look at it. According to, along, towards. Right. According to the course of this world, and <clears throat> I do want to look at the word course. And this may be our last definition that we look at. According to the course, Strong's number 165, ion. It's masculine, noun, age. All right, this is the complete word study dictionary of the New Testament. Referring to an age or time in contrast to cosmos. Strong's number 2889. Cosmos, which is referring to people or space, all right? Ion is referring to an age or time, an age or time, all right? <clears throat> Goes on, we're going to look at uh, Vine's complete expository dictionary for the term course, Strong number 165, Ion. It's basically the word age. If you have a Vines dictionary, you can look up the word age. It's under A, nouns. Age, <clears throat> era. To be connected with i.e., ever, rather than with ao, to breathe. Signifies, listen to this, signifies a period of indefinite duration or Time viewed in relation to what takes place in that period. I want to read that again. Signifies a period of indefinite duration or time viewed in relation to what takes place in that period. Times past, brothers and sisters, dead in sins. In, listen, bondage, unable to escape by any means, not even, not even knowing, completely ignorant that we needed life, that we needed salvation, that we needed freedom. And see, just with, with the testimony of, of Joseph and the children of Israel, okay? So now... All the children of Israel come to Egypt, come to Joseph, because there is no famine where Joseph is found. The whole world comes to Joseph. Joseph, a beautiful testimony of Christ, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, and of Jesus the resurrection, Christ the resurrection. All in, all in personif not personified, but uh, all testified in one man, Joseph. So... <clears throat> All Israel is there. And see, Joseph made sure that, well, the Lord made sure that Israel got the best of the land, Goshen. And here's the thing. They, it was a blessing of God because, because more than anything else, God wanted to show a testimony of Christ, his son. Because later on in the prophets, we read 
my son have I called out of Egypt. Okay? So here's all Israel. They are they're 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 loving it. They have no lack whatsoever. They have plentiful. And in fact, it says that they, they multiplied. And then they, they grew so comfortable. I mean, the Lord blessed them. The Lord blessed them. <clears throat> and brothers and sisters, the Lord will bless us. However, whenever he desires. But remember, the true blessing of God is Christ his Son. The true riches of God is Christ his Son. So here's all Israel. They're getting very comfortable. Not knowing, not knowing that there's something more. And they're fully complete and content right there in in their hearts. And so then, call it divine providence, if you will. Uh, A Pharaoh rose up who knew not Joseph. And so things started to change for the children of Israel. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? To make them aware of the bondage which they were under. It says the Pharaoh put rough or tough or hard taskmasters over them to the point where the children of Israel are crying out to God for God to do something. And indeed, God wanted to do. In fact, if you think about it, they were praying according to the will of God except they didn't fully comprehend the will of God that they were praying for. Because their thought, their concept as they were praying was basically get rid of the oppression, get rid of the taskmasters, and just so we could go back to quote-unquote life is normal here in Goshen. Remember? They're in the wilderness saying, oh, the leeks, the melons. You know, we didn't have lack of anything when we were in Egypt. God had something else in mind, something greater. In fact, someone greater. True deliverance, true freedom, true salvation found in a person, Christ his Son. Back to our definitions. Signifies a period or indefinite duration of, or excuse me, or time viewed in relation to what takes place in that period. Before we were born again, we were in bondage. We were slaves of death, slaves of sin, slaves of Pharaoh. Couldn't help it. But God in His tender mercy and ever-bounding grace, by the work of His Holy Spirit, drew the attention of our heart and caused our heart to respond to the voice of the Son of Man, to the voice of the resurrection who Christ himself is. At that point, our heart turned, Christ appeared in our soul, and because Christ is found in our soul, our soul is now found in Christ. 
a period of indefinite duration or time viewed in relation to what takes place in the period. Now we walk or we are to walk at liberty in the land of the living. All right, going on with uh, Vine's dictionary for the term course, Strong's number 165 can be found under the, uh, in the Vine's dictionary under the word age, letter A for nouns. All right, second paragraph, the force, the force attaching to the word is not so much that of the actual length of a period, length of time, not the, the force uh, attached to this word is not so much that of the actual length of time of a period, but that of a period marked by spiritual or moral characteristics. Before we were born again, born of the flesh, Holy Spirit not present. We were not born of the Spirit. We were, as Paul would say in verse 2, here in Ephesians chapter 2, listen to this, I'll keep on reading. You once walked according to the course, there it is, the ion of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. But that of a period marked by spiritual or moral characteristics. And of course, before the moral characteristics were from the source of the corruptible seed, but now in Christ Jesus, incorruptible seed. It goes on to say, this is illustrated in the use of the adjective, see note number one below, in the phrase life eternal in John 17, 3, in respect of the increasing knowledge of God. Uh, let's just go ahead and read that reference. John chapter 17, verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. It is, for Ion, it is a characteristic word of John's gospel. Now, let's read the note. Uh, Ionios, the adjective corresponding, denoting eternal, is set in contrast with proskytos, literally for a season. Let's read this passage because if they've got an example, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Every single definition I've read, brothers and sisters, is true as, as it can be. Going beyond the definition itself speaks far beyond its own definition, but defines and with feeble words uh, presents as best as possible 
a reality that is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Which reality, listen to the way I say this, can only be seen with the eye of faith, the eye of the understanding, the eye of the heart, the eye of the soul, with a single eye. If your eye be single, this passage that we read in Ephesians chapter 2, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we, ha- we once, past tense, conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. No different, but God. Here is now the difference. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. An unrighteous judgment would say, I don't believe it, so it's not yet. The Apostle Paul had a righteous judgment because everything, listen, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Apostle Paul, which This is the epistle he wrote to the Ephesian church, those who are born again, those who had received Christ, the believers. His heart was turned, beholding reality in the face of Jesus Christ. And he has, listen, a true testimony. He is a true witness of the resurrection and declaring the truth unto the church. Which truth may not be seen with the natural eye. Because everything that is seen with the natural eye is passing. It's passing. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So just with these different uh, passages here, I wanted to look at, excuse me, the definitions. I wanted to look at some of the definitions of these terms. Uh, The ion... Is showing what was and what is according to, and see that's that's the thing in, in such a state and condition wherein we were, past tense, we walked accordingly. We walked accordingly. Once again, we lived, we moved, we had our being accordingly. Because we were aware of such a state, such a condition. We were told, this is life. This is how it is. 
Brothers and sisters of the Apostle Paul here in Ephesians chapter 2, he is declaring to the church, to the believers, if you're born again, he's declaring it to you. This is life. This is how it is for the one who is born again. For it is in him, in Christ, that we live, that we move, that we have our being. In him. Verse 6 again. Listen to what he says. Let me find it. And raise, or let's start with verse 4. But God. Here's the difference. But God. But God. Remember the not but? The contrast? There's only a contrast when the Lord appears. Before then, there's no contrast. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. That means it's not your, by your ability. You didn't do it. You had no power to do this. God caused you by His Spirit to respond to the voice, by His Spirit to respond and receive the invitation of life, to receive His great immeasurable gift, who is Christ the Son. Verse 6, And raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Reality. A reality which cannot be seen with the natural eye. And yet is true. And is more real than that which we can see with the natural eye. And the Spirit of the Lord continues preparing the ground of our heart, even beckoning our heart to come and see, to turn and see. I'm thinking of John the Baptist and just the order a beautiful order, and we may have covered this last class, just a, just a beautiful order. Here's John the Baptist. I mean, it says, in the next day, John, listen to the order of this. John, seeing Jesus, says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And then the next, then it says, scripture-wise, the next day, John, seeing Jesus, says, Behold the Lamb of God. An automatic declaration of reality when beholding reality in the face of Jesus Christ. Later on, later on we read, John now, in, he's imprisoned. Christ is not in view at that moment. Something else is in view. Something else is captivating his heart. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the cell. Maybe it's the iron bars. I don't know. So when John begins to, listen, have doubt so he sends a, couple, a few of his disciples, two of his disciples maybe. Hey, go ask Jesus if, uh, if you're the one who was to come or do we need to wait for some other? You see, there's doubt when Christ isn't in view. And that was just in the natural, brothers and sisters. We who are born again, when our hearts are not directed unto Christ, then that which is found below doubt creeps in. 
But the Spirit of God directs our hearts above to find the one who lives, to find the one who is risen because he cannot be found among the dead. He's risen. The response Jesus gives, and you can search this out, the response Jesus gives to John's disciples begins with this order. Order. Jesus says, Jesus says this, Go tell John, the blind see. And then everything else, yes, deaf hear, the lame walk, the poor have the gospel preached to them, ah, but the very first thing, go tell John. John, who currently has not Christ in view, go tell John, the blind see. So Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul declaring reality in the face of Jesus Christ. May the Holy Spirit direct our heart to behold this very same one. Amen? Amen. Lord bless. We'll see you in our next class or lesson. Amen.